Hey y'all, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Recap, where the wine is as necessary as the chaos in our favorite shows. My name is Cece, and today I'm actually drinking a cocktail. So I finally decided to try out the Simply Spiked, um, not Simply Spiked, the Simply Spiked drinks. But uh-huh. yeah, it is one of those. So like the cocktail drinks. So I had the peach sour with okay. some... Um, Tito's vodka made a little cocktail. You came to party. Yeah, a little something. (laughs) Because I feel like every time I get on here, I'm always talking about the same three wines. Y'all gonna learn. I'm a creature of habit. I don't really veer off too much because I like what I like. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I tried that and I actually like the juice by itself, but it tastes really good with like some vodka in it. I'm gonna make it as a frozen drink at one point this week. That's a real good idea. But we actually got the Simply Spike yesterday because we went to a mm. wine, did some wine tasting and we tasted this and we took the case home. So I'm drinking the Strawberry Peach by Simply Spiked and they are 5% alcohol and they are delicious. Like it's given. I want to sit by the pool with my girlfriends all day and just drink these and just have a good time. Oh, really? wow. I have to try those. I was like, at first, when I saw the mixer, I was like, I was confused because I'm like, is it the spike one? Because I knew that they had them and that people were talking mm-hmm. about it. But um, I was like, oh, this is just like the juice that you would put in it. Mm-hmm. And I had a mimosa yesterday with this as well. Mm-hmm. With some champagne, baby. When I tell you, it mm-hmm. put me down for a good nap. That sounds so good. It put me down yeah. for a good nap. So, so yeah, make sure y'all check them out. Simply Spike taking Truly and White Claw out of business. Like, those, they're so good. They're so mm-hmm. good. Let me tell y'all something. Because we do, we do talk about wine on this show. Obviously, rewine. If y'all have a Lowe's grocery store near y'all, y'all need to start going in there if you don't already. I was a Publix girl through and through. Nobody could tell me nothing about Publix. It was very much me and you, us, never part. Mm-hmm. I took my ass in Lowe's one day and I have not stopped going there since they got the best bakery they got some of the best deli sandwiches and food and it's an actual bar inside the grocery store so you can go in there and get served drinks and like Mm -hmm. walk around do your shopping with your drink in your hand or sit at the bar but they have an amazing like wine selection in that grocery store. And sometimes it's a lot of stuff that I don't see when I go into like total wines and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's probably like one of my favorite places to go just to be there. But that's enough rambling. Um, before we jump into tonight's episode, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Rewind and Recap. That's R-E-W-I-N-E-A-N-D-R-E-C-A-P. Again, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you enjoy our show or live tweeting with us, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you guys can also rate us on Spotify. This is a long-ass intro. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode because y'all... When I tell y'all, they down the Steiner studio making sure that they stretch every million dollar budget that they have down from the wardrobe to the action to the script. They have not missed. And you know, a lot of times in most shows, it's like, it'll be those episodes that'll come on some weeks. You'd be like, "Mm, we could have did without this. Like this episode was kind of weak. They have not given us that moment yet. Like every single episode has been good. So we open up the episode, um, obviously with Brayden and Effie talking. God knows what 
Brayden was calling her about. It might have been about Kane jacking his ass up at that river, but we never mm-hmm. got to it because Effie was talking about how she was busy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we cut to the Tejada family going to what we then later learned was outside of the bar. And Monet is blindfolded and she looks <laughs> like she can see through these blindfolds because right, she's right. very much walking without nobody's guidance. I was thinking and the same like, thing. Her head is like straight on, like <laughs> she can see. And so basically Lorenzo got someone to paint a mural of Zeke on the side of the <laughs> on the side of the building. And she's like, oh wow, look at my baby look up my here ba- looking all good. <laughs> And it's Bro, like some black ass shit. Right. Like yeah, look at my baby up there looking all good. Right. And so Lorenzo was just saying, like, you know, like he just wanted to do something nice for the family with everything that they've been gone, that they've been going through to memorialize Zeke. And it's like, it's crazy because you killed him. So like I just think that you gotta be a sick ass person to do some shit like that and still be around people. Girl. But you know, it's crazy. People kill people all the time and still be in the family face. Like it's nothing. Yep. That happened to my family on my dad's side of the family. Like people yeah. are insane. And so we see, like, you know, Diana walk up and she has these flowers from Monet. She's like, you know, apologize and let them know that she had to um wait until she clocked out to go ahead and come up here. And Monet is just very like stank. That mm-hmm. moment gets interrupted by Detective Whitman. Mm-hmm. Busting mm-hmm. in, being nasty to them, and like, you know, making comments about Zeke and Carrie and the baby daddy. And like, everybody's kind of like rolling up on him, like, what you on? Like, why you bothering my mother? But of course, Monet being a hothead that she is, it doesn't last long because mm-hmm. she jumps on his ass. Like, Girl. you need to stop harassing me. You're suspended. You didn't think that I knew that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why are you giving him all this information? I mean, I guess it don't really matter. Yeah, I don't think it matters. But, you know, had, had it not ended that way, it definitely would have mattered. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why are you sharing that information with him? But, um... Yeah, like, he's just, like, you know, whatever she's hiding or whatever she did, she's gonna, like, basically, like, I'm gonna dig that shit up, just like with your baby daddy. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, okay. And we see Lorenzo step up and let him know, like, nigga, I don't give a fuck about sitting down again when it come down to my family. Like, you better step the fuck off before I do some shit I'm not gonna regret. Mm -hmm. This is the part that broke my heart and really hurt my feelings when um, after they, like, shunned off detective whitman she went inside and was like oh we need to have a family meeting about what's going on and diana goes to walk and she's like uh, a private family meeting. <laughs> i said damn bro i'm sorry i laughed the fact that like the brothers <laughs> didn't say anything or lorenzo is like yeah, a good point but like still like damn mo like yeah you know what i'm saying like it was nothing nobody said anything on diana's behalf and you could just tell that like her phone so she was like you know can we talk for a minute and basically monet was like no bitch take mm-hmm. you and them ragged ass flowers go back to school girl i said damn she didn't even take the fucking floral arrangement like mm-hmm. could give two Di- dams diana just looked so crushed and that really did hurt my feelings so when they go into the bar, Monet is like talking to him about business and she asks Lorenzo, but Kane wanting to poke his chest out doesn't even give Lorenzo the opportunity to answer. He immediately lets her know, like, you know, the Castillo brother, the Castillo brothers have whatever. I think he said like BK on lock or whatever. And she was like, we don't need to be doing business with them because they think that we pop Frank. 
and drew's like well they don't suspect that they would have just did that and it's like nigga you're a criminal how do you not know that sometimes people will play to get close to you just to figure out what they exactly not that you would ever fold but like them just being close to the business could lead them to find out and i feel like for the first time ever monet made sense where she was (laughs) like you don't know what evelyn is feeding them like Mm -hmm. we need to shut that shit down before they get too close Mm -hmm. and so um Kane just insisted on like no like we good and Monet kind of was like nigga what and Lorenzo falling fucking line yeah and it was like Monet immediately like kind of just like knew something was up and like Drew was just like like yeah what the fuck is going on you know mm-hmm. so that happens and they leave off the bar and it's just like Kane like you are really making a block hot and you're truly like taking this to a new level and like lorenzo says later on in the episode like you poking your chest out too much is just making it obvious that something is going going on on. you know what i'm saying i don't feel like kane gonna die this season i feel like he's too significant but i could see jail time i could Mm -hmm. see him get locked up and like get his ass wrapped up I don't think he's gonna die or getting beat the fuck up like bad yeah i don't think they're gonna take him though not yet no we gotta see so Jenny and Sex, child. I'd be so sick. They at this lunch table and Sex just what a loser. Okay. What what a fucking him and his crow's feet. Bruh. So he's like pressing Jenny about information to get um to get Rollins out of prison. And saying, like, he needs that information. Like, if you want Davis to trust me, like, me getting his brother out is really the way out of this. And so, I can already, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it and tell y'all that I know that he's going to get Rollins out. And I think the reason why we probably didn't realize that is going to happen, because in the preview, they show Rollins basically putting a gun to Sack's head in the car in the full overview of Power Book. But we didn't know they switched out Redman, so we wouldn't have known that that was the new Theo Rollins that was in Sex car. Yeah. I'm at like I ain't hear none of that. But yeah. I do want to point out that we were right about Sex's motive. It was all about just trying to get Davis trust so he could basically throw Davis under the bus. Because when mm-hmm. I saw that shit, I was like, oh! Davis better yep. watch the fuck out. And my thing is, why would you trust Sax? You know Sax is as shifty and dirty as you are. Why would you? I know he's kind of desperate because he wants to get his brother out of jail. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like you're really trading with the devil. Like, you're not going to win. You think yeah. you are, but it's just not going to end in your favor. But I also feel like it's because, like, it's such an old case. Like, what they going to do, try him from a murder that was already acquitted, you know? Like, he's a yeah. lawyer now, so he could have been smart about it. But it's like, I get what you're saying as far as like sex. It's like, why would you make a deal with the devil? Because he's going to use it as an opportunity to get over on you for something else. Absolutely. He already showing Jenny that damn picture. Right. Private meeting. So it's like, he's plotting on his ass. Right. So that slides right into that point where he shows Jenny this photo of Monet, Tariq and Davis all in the same room. And my thing is like the way that they could kind of spin that is like, they're trying to figure Monet could have brought Tariq in on some shit like you used to tutor my son and so you were on campus Mm -hmm. and this is also where that GTG murder happened do you have any information that you can give Davis or my lawyer in regards to that so it's like that picture really don't prove nothing we saw Tariq flip the whole situation of 
knowing that Sax was in the building after lying and saying that he wasn't there when he shot and killed Ghost to make Sax lose his job. You don't mm-hmm. think that he could spin that picture too? Like, come exactly. on, my nigga, this is a St. Patrick that we're talking about. Yeah, you gotta come hard. So it's just like, okay. So Jenny has two phones and her phone rings and Sax kind of like, perks up like what you mean you need to take this call so of course on one phone is Blanca I'm sure and then Sax leans over in her purse while her other phone we could tell he wasn't raised by a praying grandmother because you don't put your hands in the lady's purse Girl. or in case he done took a picture of the damn phone that's ringing and like her up and puts it back and is like making a comment like oh so you got two phones now mm-hmm. it's just like you're just giving jealous so and nothing crazy. about that is attractive like mm-hmm. that's not even your girlfriend can we start like, here? we just fucking and he don't like, seem to be good at it girl at all because she we didn't had to hear her guide him one too many episodes that's just <laughs> something to do because jenny is bored child already walking on thin ice like let's let's not so we get to this warehouse meetup, and finally, this moment that I feel like everybody's been waiting on since Tariq has been capable of having a license, this nigga gets a car. Listen. I'm going to tell y'all why I think that shit is dumb. He should have took the Effie route and just got something that was decent. Yeah. Your money is all locked up in a trust. Niggas are already questioning how you're even able to get the money to afford Davis, but I forgot. I think that he told the internet when he got on Zeke's phone that Davis is going to take his case pro bono so they don't necessarily know that Tariq is paying Davis because when he was trying to get Tasha out in the first season he did say that Davis was going to take on the case Mm -hmm. um, to help a family out in need Mm -hmm. so he did cover his ass in that way but my thing is it's giving big meat if you're supposed to be broke why would you go and buy a Porsche Uh, that's not going to Porsche. And nigga, you know how much insurance costs when you fucking get a car that's of color that's distracting? You know your insurance is more, right? Like, you, of all things you could have bought, as a student at Sandsfield, you are a trust fund baby, and the courts know that your money is locked up. What are you doing that's allowing you to afford a Porsche? That's already being watched by the feds, by the way. Like, Tariq, Let's be very fucking for real. That's some young nigga That's shit. That's some Braden shit. That's some young nigga shit. So I feel like they kind of had to reel us back in. Like, he, we still got it. Like, we could make him smart, but not that smart. Because I yeah. think that he's still a young guy. He's still a dumbass kid. Girl, like, I was just like, really? So as they're walking in, like, they go ahead and go into the building. So, well, they, meaning Drew, Kane, and mm, um, Braden. Braden. I'm not Drew, Kane. Drew. Right. Brayden and Tariq walk into the building and Epi pulls up late. She's walking. Kane snatches her phone. He wants to know if I'm a phone working because, bitch, I hit your line and you ain't, you ain't <laughs> back. What the fuck going on? And so he immediately goes into, like, you held that shit down when old boy couldn't clip her, couldn't finish the job. And so she's like, um, she's like, what are you talking about? Like, who told you that shit? Like, I didn't do that. And he's like, you know, Brayden couldn't do what he was supposed to do. And you went in, but so he sent a woman to handle a man's job. And so she was like saying how everybody benefited from something that she did. Yeah. 
And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to tell Tariq that he got a down ass bitch. She's like, <laughs> no, like, don't tell him that. And I'm like, this we is another person that Kane is going to blackmail her into some pussy. He sure is. He sure is. I don't know if I'm going to like it that much that he get it that way. But it's like the sexual tension between them is very obvious. It is. And it's just like, girl, you are a dumb bitch. And immediately in that moment, I'm, I'm like, this nigga don't know. He literally just tested your jaw to see if you was going to fold. And you definitely fold. Like, you told on yourself like a dummy. Yeah. So they get in there. They find they got to move these guns. And after they're done with this conversation, Effie calls herself trying to check Brayden. Like, I knew your bitch ass was going to run your mouth. And Brayden, like, what you talking about? Because, you know, Brayden don't got a poker face. So when he do yeah. some wrong shit, you, you can immediately know. tell. And in that moment, Effie knew she fucked up. It was just like, you told on yourself and then tried to G-check him. And when she had that moment, she was going to yep. like, oh, yeah. he played me. Like, yeah, bitch, you did that. Check you did that shit to yourself, responding mm-hmm. emotionally. Like, you're supposed to be better than that and quicker on your feet. That was some Tasha St. Patrick ass shit that yep. you did. Just Telling like on your damn self. Listen, with that shit with Quentin Wallace, done fucking slipped up thinking yeah. that thing, like, damn, you, maybe you really are like his goddamn mom. Girl. Loser. So then this was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. Like the, the classroom discussions be cool sometimes. But I thought that this was a very, very cool experiment where uh, I can't remember what the professor's name is. Harper, right? Yes. Professor Harper. Professor. Okay. Mm-hmm. She wanted them to all participate in this piece and write down on an index card, like their life goal or what they want out of life. And on this card, there were things from just like independence to family, mm-hmm. freedom, um, just whatever their goals were. Yeah. And she made them all stand in one line. And she called out different life scenarios or just different family dynamics that could happen and either had to take a step forward or steps back um, whenever it was something negative. And to just have a visualization of, everybody's differences in their family dynamic and how those things may have catapulted them forward or gave them a better opportunity or a leg up on their other classmate, but somehow they're all at this Ivy league school. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was powerful because we all, we all come from like different backgrounds. And at the end of the day, like I hate to sound the cliche of like, we all had the same 24 hours, but I feel like sometimes it's really not about like where you start or what you start with. It's about your determination and how you, you know, how you decide to move forward and take matters into your own hands as far as creating a better life for yourself. Like you don't have to be your parents, your grandparents, or, you know, the people who came before you or that raised you, you can always be better and start where you're at. But I do think it's important to recognize how we all have different different starting points. And that's Mm -hmm. why I like the demonstration, because like, yeah, we all have 24 hours. Yeah, we can all make a change. But like, nigga, I in particular have to work harder than, say, some white guy, guy who's a trust fund baby. It's just a reality. He's not going to have to do the same shit that I have to do. And I think that's more so an issue with our like system the way society mm-hmm. is set up. And it's, that's an issue that we can't really fix. So we have to kind of grab ourselves by our bootstraps and make it work. But that shit is yep. unfair. Like I'm with Bruchandra. That shit ain't right. Like yep. we shouldn't have to do a hundred times the work as Jimmy. 
You know what I'm yep. saying? It's just really fucked up. So I really enjoyed them. Just the writers putting that into the script and making that a moment because like, mm-hmm. it's very, very, very important. And me personally, I do feel like I've had to, and I still am pulling myself in my motherfucking bootstraps to just right. reach the Same. goals that I want to reach in life. So my kids don't have to work as hard as I do. And it's just, it sucks. It's unfair. But like you say, it's just life. You got to do it. And and it's an appreciation value. So I'm glad you brought that up about what Rishandria said about how it's not fair because we see a moment where Effie kind of get a little snappy with Tariq because he was yeah. like, I don't give a fuck about none of this shit because I don't have to do it. And it's like, no, bitch, nigga, it do. Whether you mm-hmm. take advantage of it or not, you're still like, you have less road to travel than the others because of the situation that your parents put you in. So I think that it also goes to show that like some people who, um, don't have to work as hard to accomplish the things that they do, the appreciation value don't be there. Whereas somebody like us who really, let me not say get it out the mud because I definitely didn't grow up like poor or have anything going on, but my parents did divorce and my mom did become a single mom. So I know that she made a lot of sacrifices for me to just have what I need and for me to get some of what I wanted. So I do still consider it a get it out the mud type situation, whereas somebody who was born into a rich family and had their parents handing them everything and they never had to work for shit might not appreciate it. And that's one of the reasons why, honestly, I feel like I go so hard for my business and I'm so protective of my business because I built this shit from the ground up. I didn't have nobody throw lump sums, thousands of dollars into what it is that I do. well not every product but a majority of the goddamn products that started my business that was funded by my hard-earned work Mm -hmm. versus somebody else who could have been like mom dad I want to be a makeup artist or I want to launch a hair company or I want to start a boutique give me the upfront money you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like I feel like people who come from money don't really appreciate or value the hard work as much so yeah I really, really, really love that like group participation piece. So um, Effie, it then cuts to like Effie and Tariq being outside of class. And she's like, oh, so I saw you wrote family on your card. Is that really what you want? And Tariq is just kind of like, yeah, like that's what I want. I want my family. I want to be able to, you know, just get out of this. And like Effie is steady reminding him like, you know, you know your family's never going to be safe as long as you're in this and they have that dialogue which I thought was important because when you flash back to the original power like Ghost had been trying to tell him and his raggedy ass mama like this life is not safe like I'm trying to go legit so that way we don't have to be looking over our shoulder which I mean as many murders as Ghost committed they was going to be looking over their shoulders regardless and unfortunately with Tariq it's like it don't matter if you leave the drug game alone like you have caused harm and hurt to too many families and unmasked at that mm-hmm. maybe you ain't never going to know peace yeah your that's family going to always be a target because of the shit that you've done and that's what I think is so important in this world that when you make your bed you need to understand that just because you know, you might not lay in it yet don't mean shit. Because sometimes ultimately the bed that you make going to be the casket that one of your loved ones lay in for some exactly. shit that you done did. And it's like, it's not as easy as just getting out of the game. But I thought, that it, yeah. 
Right. So I thought that it was like super important that Effie did kind of remind him like, nigga, you chose this life. Like, yeah. even with all the advantages that you have, and even though you hated your dad, like you ultimately put yourself in this predicament. And so um, she goes on to tell him that, you know, she wants to go to grad school or I think she said PhD program, if I'm not mistaken, at Stanford, like she wants to go to California. And Tariq is pretty much just like, oh, you want to go to Cali? And then she starts to tell him, you know, she starts to say, how she, you know, she feels like nobody sees her and nobody has her back and or understands her or accepts her for her. And Tariq goes on to tell her that he does. And pretty much they have this dialogue where um, Effie again expresses that she wants to go to grad school in California Mm -hmm. and tells Tariq, like after he kind of lets her know, like, I see you, I support you. I'm here for you. I understand you. And Effie's kind of like, oh shit, that guilt hitting her. And she wants to tell him about Lauren in that moment, but his phone rings Mm -hmm. and this nigga got to get to his internship because white people doing what white people do using sorry, us sorry for their own <laughs> yeah so he like fuck i gotta get my internship so it's kind of like whew, i ain't gotta tell him right now mm-hmm. go go where you gotta go yeah i wonder okay. what's gonna happen to make because i do feel like effie is developing like a soft spot truly for Tariq. like it's not just transactional or uh-huh you know a me uh a means to an end I really feel like she's starting to develop like actual feelings for him so I'm interested to see like because I know you said there's a point where Tariq don't have like a gun to her head or say so he gonna he can fucking kill her or some shit like that so I'm trying to figure out how are we gonna get to that of course power is gonna make us get to that point but it's like I do feel like they're genuinely becoming emotionally connected to each- emotionally invested I'll say to the point mm-hmm. where they, they're starting to trust each other. So I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to see how he reacts to the whole Lauren thing. Like, I'm ready for her to pop back in. I want that moment where he sees Lauren again for the first time. That nigga is in shock. Like, I want all the drama. Yeah. That's what I'm ready for. So it's cute and all the shit they got going on, but I know it ain't gonna last. I'm trying not to get too connected to that shit. Yeah. Cause it's 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 coming. It's, coming, it's definitely coming. And so um with the whole like so with that being said we go speaking of school we go to lorenzo popping up on diana this also pissed me off yeah because Lorenzo pops in and he's like, you know, hey, don't even really give his daughter a good hug. Shove them blue plastic wraps in her face. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I got all the money. <laughs> and he's just like, next like, lady in the school line. Mm-hmm. Okay, go to the next match. And she's like, no, like, I thought it was a one time thing. I can't keep doing this. I hate a parent to gas like they child. Like, that shit yeah. low triggered me yeah so like oh you too good because you ivy league now like bitch what are you talking about do you mm-hmm. not realize that this school is fucking hot because of brayden and Tariq? yeah already and, behind some drug shit and you want me to sell more drugs that nigga said he desperate no money her money we all gonna die like <laughs> it's just like 
be very fucking for real like and where i feel like it shows the dynamic it's like even though kane is not the best i do feel like kane is definitely the most protective over diana Mm -hmm. because when he came it was very much just like get you a gun what you know about this nigga that's all up in your face you need some money and yeah like you need some money not here come sell some drugs because he was the one that was like nigga i'm not selling no drugs on stansfield because Mm -hmm. y'all two niggas got the block hot Mm -hmm. so it just really shows like how just this family just does not communicate at all you know and so right and so i just felt bad for diana because it's like damn like she can't even do anything like when he said that she was like don't do that i said look at this baby standing up for herself time to have a little voice i was proud of her in that moment because she normally just stand there and take it you ain't do what you you still should have told his ass no Mm -hmm. but you at least put your foot down to let him know like i'm not about to do this shit like i want to be able to make my own life decisions like y'all niggas be tweaking all that baby want to do is just get her a good education i think a boyfriend that's it I think she went ahead and did it because, like, he was basically like, we could all die. You know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, yeah. it's a little bigger than you. Whether you want to do this or not, if you don't do it, you probably going to get popped <laughs> when yeah. you expect it. So it's like, I'm sorry, but you have to kind of do this. So it really yeah. sucks the position that she's in because of them. And really because of Tariq Kane and fucking Bray talking about so we can replace Mega because now they're doing desperate shit to get this money to meet the quota so it's just like yep. again she's in predicaments that she had nothing to do with them to start with I just feel like I mean we know it ain't gonna happen that way but it's like why not just kill uh, Noma if everybody's trying to go legit like that's a lot I mean her soldiers will definitely be after y'all but it's like at least the real problem will be out the way because who they gonna listen to she did <laughs> so I just thought, yeah, that was that was not good. So Monet and Davis, it cuts to them being at Davis' office, and she's telling him how he rode up on her at the mural and like accused her of killing her own kid, and she needs to know what all Davis has on her because he's bringing up Carrie. And Davis concocts this perfect plan to throw Diana in the mix because clearly Whitman has been watching her. And he saw her get ostracized from the family, you know, as he was leaving off when they were about to go into the bar. So clearly he sees what's going on and he sees the dynamic. So it's like, we're going to send Diana over there for him to think like, you know, shit is not good between y'all because I mean, it's not. So that's going to play into our favor. And we need Diana to distract him or do whatever. And it was like, yeah. So while we have Diana distract him, we're going to break into his house. And so they have that moment and it's like damn that does make perfect sense but I just feel like he's a cop so like y'all don't think that it would be somebody getting caught going into his house like I don't know something about that plan just didn't seem too concrete for me but I I did like it I thought it was genius to use the fact that they were at odds to distract Whitman because you definitely know his nosy ass know that and I think you kind of predicted that. You was like, it could just be like a setup. Like she sent mm-hmm. Diana in there to make him believe like she's actually going in to write out Monet and he trusts Diana. So then they can pull him in. And it actually mm-hmm. ended up going that way. So that was very yeah. clear. That was, okay. I feel like Diana be fed up, but she care about her family way too much. Yeah. It would have very much been fuck the family for me, bitch. If I, <laughs> oh, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Like, 
it is what it is. So, and and my thing is, I would use that shit to my advantage. If no one would have snatched me up, girl, my mama don't even like me right now. So you killing me is not gonna fucking hurt her. You better go get one of my brothers. Yeah, <laughs> you better go get one of my brothers. <laughs> like that's a way to spin it. That shit is not gonna hurt Monet, bitch. We've been beefing since I told her that your fiance was my cousin brother's dad. She might actually be happy, bitch. Yeah, like she gonna you ain't she, this bitch is gonna rejoice. Mm-hmm. When niggas say a home going celebration, it's just gonna be a celebration from mm-hmm. Monet. Like this snitch ass bitch is gone. Like, girl, that shit is not gonna hurt her. Please. It's almost like with the guap with Zeke when they went to shoot at the knee and Drew was trying to sacrifice himself, like, oh, that's gonna like beat me up instead. And um, what's his name? The one that he ended up killing that ran his mouth too much. Um the GPG guy? Yeah, with I the remember his name, the but loser. I, didn't about. I feel like his name was Guap. Was it Guap? Probably. Or is that like Guap just like the name of the group or something? Is GTG is get that Guap. But I feel like the nigga name was Guap um, that he dropped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um I don't that name. nigga. When he was like, nah, hurting Monet, it would hurt Monet more for her to hurt Zeke. It's like, yeah, like, it's the kids that she really give a fuck about. Like, she care about all her kids, but it was special ones, and Diana ain't one of them. So, baby, you was not gonna be hurting them at all by killing her. Mm-hmm. So, on to this RSJ meeting. Child, Lucas is just doing some typical white shit. He's trying to big up his company and convince RSJ as to why he needs to invest his money into Western Holdings. And you can tell that like RSJ dynamic is like, he definitely fucks with Tariq. He definitely, not even so much that he cares about Tariq's opinion, I don't want to say, but like, it's almost like you're the token black here. Like he told him at that meeting, like you need to use them. Don't just let them use you. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of RSJ, because he brought up him being like the black Elon Musk. And so RSJ mentioned something about what um, James St. Patrick would do. And in the midst of him talking, in the midst of Tariq talking, Lucas cut his ass off just to only stick his foot in his mouth. And it's like, you should have shut up and let Tariq talk when he was trying to have your back and cover up with what you were doing. Like, there was a reason why you bought him in there and it wasn't just for him to shut up. Mm-hmm. And so rsj basically just like nah i'm good it ain't a good time for me to be doing no investing and he leaves out and lucas is basically blaming Tariq. like what do you know that i don't know or you know something if you don't get him to sign you're gonna lose your internship and it's like bitch i was trying to fucking help you in the middle of it but you were so busy trying to run your moment and needing to be the person that did this that you ended up fucking up the opportunity and now you're gonna threaten my internship over some bullshit and what i think is crazy is like if he really took away his internship Braden daddy definitely wouldn't have fought for him to get it back because he didn't want him there to begin with yeah so yeah that was just i'm sorry that was some white shit that they pulled and so i, I pissed me off is how he was like mad at Tariq. like <laughs> That shit, your fault. Them words is coming out your mouth. And that boy that's is what white silent. people love to do. They like to use Girl. you. And then when you don't play into their scheme, they want to get mad at you like you were supposed to do something. I'm like, Tariq, you brought me here as a motherfucking prop. I'm going to prop my ass up and sit here and be quiet. What the fuck you thought I was going to do? I'm not going to say I'm just an intern. I don't work here. 
then the meeting go wrong and now you blaming me no no i'm gonna shut my ass up that's but you know what internship unpaid internships like that either this unpaid reason who knows though he probably is getting paid but i don't know it's for college i mean he getting not. paid with the drugs but so it's like and then also when he was talking to i knew rj was up to some shit you know all my dad left me was good examples I hear your that dad shit, left you so in like, My dad was so broke. All, all he left me was good examples. That I shit had me. He don't want your estate, nigga. He want that building. He want that motherfucking building. Mm-hmm. So that, okay, was, that was still that got thing. true. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my thing is, Zeke died. So technically, Tariq don't owe um, Stern that building because the only reason why he was in school was on account of Zeke. And he almost got kicked out now that Zeke is dead. So now he there on his own dime. Mm-hmm. So he don't owe you shit. So he still got truth when he graduated. Um, where am I? At? Okay, yes. Yeah. So Monet goes to visit Diana at the school, and Diana is just like, kind of like, what, "What you doing here?" Monet is like, "Can I come in, or like, do I need to talk from the hall?" The so hall. Her in. Hello. That's exactly what the fuck I would have told her. So hey, Diana, bitch. Diana invites her in, and she's like, "What did you want to talk about?" And she was just, she started off with some bullshit and then basically was like, I need a favor. And Diana was like, ah, of course. You need me. You need me. Yeah. And rub it in some more. Yeah. And like Monet was just like, yeah, like that cop is on my ass about Carrie's suicide. And Diana, like, well, bitch, did you do it? And so Monet is just like basically telling her, like, does it matter? Like at the end of the day, like the shit that's going on with this officer stalking us is bigger than our issues. Like it's putting the whole family at risk. And like, I need you. And like, does the family not come first? And Diana was just like, when she dropped them nuts on Monet and was like, family always came first to me. And like, I was on your side when I got your husband out of jail. And it's like, no girl, you was really on your side. You, you tried it with that. You was definitely on your own side. You wanted that daddy to come out because your mama was getting on your fucking nerves. That's all that was. Right. And it was like, but she was just like, you know, all that shit did was get me like choked and and slapped around. And like, now you basically need me for a favor. Like, bitch, I always put the family first. And so um, she was telling Monet, like, basically like, bitch, you hurt me when you did that. And then she, like, you could tell that she kind of wanted to break down, but like, you blame me for Zeke's death. And it's like, I mean, that shit kind of was your fault. Mm-hmm. Indirectly, it was definitely your fault. So I just, Mon- what upset me with Monet was she was like, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I was grieving. Is that what you needed to hear? I said, that should have been a moment where Diana got Bro, real. I literally tweeted. I was like, that's an evil, that's a mean bitch. What do you I mean? Was, is that what you wanted to hear? No, bitch, not because you ain't even mean that shit. I would you have evil whore. And yeah, you are a whore because you was fucking Ramirez. Fuck, well, my daddy's in fucking jail, you nasty, freaky bitch. Child. When I tell you. That's an evil bitch there. I would have slapped you out of my <laughs> I would have slapped the shit out of Monet. Bro, and I, it's a start. No, girl, it's not a start. It's because not. It's like That's she makes you just say, okay. fuck you and your, your, your problems. Like, fuck you and your feelings. I need you, bitch. Period. Boss up. <laughs> girl. 
So Drew and Gordillo, they are at the damn penthouse and Drew thirsty ass. Like, baby, it don't matter how many dicks you suck or fuck. You loved Everett. Yeah. And you need to sit in, sit in that and really process it and get over it. All of this pin to tell on the dick that you're doing, baby, is not going to like, it's not going to make what you really feel and what you're going through pass over. Any better. It's not. It's just, yeah. it's, it's not. So, like, yeah, Drew, stop. So the cousin is just like, babes, I don't mix business with pleasure. For now. Like, we cousins. We cousins. Girl, right. No, Chad. So that shit was funny as hell to me. Um, then we get into Gordillo's coming up because drew lets him know like they're kind of under a lot of pressure because they need to be able to get these guns off and gordo basically lets him know like nigga i know the kkk that needs some guns (laughs) and you know basically shit like they can they can get you right like you can make the drop to them but they racist as fuck so that's just a pre-warning of the shit you're gonna have to deal with and so drew like shit well we could set that up. Cool. I go ahead and set that play up. And Kane basically pops in on them, getting a little googly eye of each other. Yeah, like so. Like that shit is like obvious as fuck. Like it is okay. So we get over to Tate and Tariq. And oh, now because you got this note in here, girl. You feel like it's a setup. You feel like that was a setup. Okay. Oh damn, I did just get past that. So I do feel like I was thinking. I was like, I feel like it was kind of a setup because. If you know that they're racist, I'm just like, was the CIA that's a part of that white militia trying to catch Gordo and them too? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out who the fucking CI was. Was it the it man? It was the leader? man that was doing it was the man the that leader? was doing the main talking and the one that got yeah. shot in the back. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he wasn't giving CI, but I guess. But neither was Dante. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess he kind of so, was. I feel like when I, I don't know, like something about that is not sticking right with me because I'm right. with Monet, like they're getting close. Like, why are they why are they so willing? Because although they are participating in this, if maybe they are, you know, running shit or they are CIs as well, and they're getting close to y'all. Whitman was already in contact with Evelyn. They're Evelyn's son. And then now you also connected to a white militia where CIs mm-hmm. are embedded into and they know you by name. Something about that is not sitting right with me. Connect the dots either as far as like... How you know them? And then like the CIs... And if they're racist, why and if they're racist, white people... Is like They don't like black people, but racist white people... Damn sure don't like Hispanics. But like, why would the C- like I'm just confused as to why they hunted them down at well, I guess we're gonna get there. But like, why did they go after them to at the motel? I feel like, like y'all got y'all guns because they because they paid them money and if they killed them, they can still keep the guns and take but the money. That's unfortunately, they me, especially if you're an embedded CI, you already have protection. Why are you putting yourself in more of a predicament to possibly get your ass shot and killed? It just seems stupid. 
But my thing is, if it was just that one, he sent them out and probably wasn't expecting to die. She will be racist. But like, like yo bad, now look at you with with half a spleen. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. I'm with you. I was having a hard time connecting the dots because when they also but, like we do have a CI embedded, I'm like, well, why the CIA here? But criminal informants are but criminal informants sometimes are also still criminals. Of course. Absolutely. So, I'm not saying that he should have been speaking spam, but like make yeah. better decisions. Like I just feel like Girl. take the guns and go. Like that's why some of them be going to jail because they don't make good decisions. They don't think shit out thoroughly. That was just stupid to me. Now y'all all dead for no reason. Well, the other yeah. one, he they say he was in recovery. So I guess. Yeah, the actual CI is the one that's mm-hmm. in recovery. Mm-hmm. So that's just like, I, yeah, something about that ain't right. I don't trust nobody this season. So on to Tate and Tariq. This scene had me fucking screaming because you know, Tariq, I have a terrible hits. person and he plays an asshole so well. Army <laughs> really makes me wonder how Lorenz Tate is as an actual human being because he plays an asshole so well. Child, he coming to him to talk about how, like, what does he know about RSJ and if he could dig up some dirt? And my thing is, you know how Tate moves. So the fact that you feel like he's going to give you information for free is just beyond me. Because anytime you go to Tate, it always got a price tag attached to it. So he's, like, asking him and was like, you know, rsj like if he's talking he's like you close this obviously because he likes you and maybe he wants something and i'm thinking how the fuck did you know that that trust fund was a part of Tariq's? how did you know that that building was a part of Tariq's trust fund if you don't take probably told him that to get him to sell that shit because you know he was also a part of qcp with uh ghosts yeah so, um, I, I feel like Tate told RSJ that shit. Probably shit. I don't like Tate. Tate old dirty. Hey, yeah, he a sneaky ass motherfucker. So I would not be surprised at all. So he started talking to him about that, and he was like, "You know, what do you have on him that I can use against him?" And like, you know, like pretty much like what you did with Sweeney. And so he was just like, "You know, I don't know nothing." Like he something about his donations, and he was like, "Speaking of Kingpin." donate to my shit <laughs> and Tariq was like like I, I ain't got no money I, like, I don't, I don't okay. have it right now and he was like okay well you know I make sure I um mention that in our meet in my meeting with my new <laughs> friend he's like what the fuck like what like what the fuck this you had to do with the feds and he's like <laughs> like he's like I got his ass Bro, when he whispered, I how? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what what's wrong with you? And he was just like, um, he was like, I don't know, I don't seem to have it right now. And he was like, he was like, man, all right, I, say, I donate. He was like, yeah, something, something, something. He was like, um, they have an investigation going on into Dante Spears' murder. You know anything about that? He was like, oh, I don't know anything about that. You you know about Bitcoin? Wait, that nigga got so sinister. That shit was so funny. He was like, he was like, you know about Bitcoin? He was like, he was like, gonna break my nigga. I'm like, bruh, what is wrong with you? We would like to thank you for your contribution. Have a nice day. <laughs> Close the door on his ass. I'm like, 
This nigga is a fucking every week. My personal account. Send it in a form of Bitcoin. I said, oh, I know his ass be scamming. Mm-hmm. I like Bro. I can't just be hoeing the little nigga. You know, my thing is. You just bought a you just brought a Porsche. So them five bins shouldn't be girl, of course it's gonna add up, but like you better sell that damn Porsche, get you a hoopty. Girl, okay. A bike. Choosing a ride just like Effie, but you want to be flashy like Big Meech and shit. Mm-hmm. Jenny drops the files on the table and lets Sax know, like, I have to bend over backwards to get this, and here goes Sax and secure ass. Who's doing the bending? Like, bitch, okay, Janet. Please, like you uh, I just he irritates the shit out of me. Then he keeps asking her about this other phone and what's going on. And like, if you're seeing somebody else, you could just tell me. And Jenny read his ass for Phil. That lady said, I'm not seeing anybody exclusively. So if I was talking to or dealing with or having sex with anybody else, it like that wouldn't be an issue with it. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, you know, like I could follow you or you could just tell me. That's a weird motherfucker. Right. And she was like, I'm not sleeping with anybody else. But you acting like this is making me want to sleep with anybody else but you. you. I said, read that read. down. She takes him to go see who else she's been in contact, which was which we all clearly know she's still hiding Lauren from the both of them. But she go and meets Jenny. Jenny and Sax are not happy about seeing each other, but at least now they know that they're okay. all working together. And her phone still goes off. So I feel like that also sends That's off an good. alert on Sax. Like, he was looking. Yeah, like this ain't it. That's that same number that's calling her. So, yeah, that's a mess. Then we get to Jenny and Lauren. Why would you leave her some spam? Listen, I like a little spam every now and then, but bitch, Mm -mm. Lauren ain't no spam type of bitch. And you need, like, just spam? Two cans of spam? You ain't got no fruit. You ain't got no... Not even a little piece of bacon? Baby, she told her if you want to eat you a little piece of crab boil <laughs> in the case i can end the case and go send you right on down there to the crust of crab where effie and them could find your ass at. i can cancel the case and i think that it's fucked up because it's like you risk lauren's life the first time with carrie to try to close this case mm-hmm by trying to manipulate her and now you're manipulating her again to still go after the same exact person but now it's like it's even more people that's on her head because Mm -hmm. now you got Effie who already thinks she killed her Brayden who took her out of town to initially try to kill her and Tariq who she thinks now had something to do with them doing that and Mm -hmm. then Kane crazy ass like Girl, yeah. she's never going to be fucking safe. If you don't lock everybody up, she's going to always be looking over her fucking shoulder. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, girl, look, my fate, just just let me, my fate is what it, whatever it is. Let me go. So, girl, okay. So she's like telling her like, you know, while you're locked in here, bored with your can of spam and, you know, no Wi-Fi, these murderers are basically living their life. So somebody has taken pictures of Effie and Tariq at Stansfield and is posting and sending the pictures to Jenny. And y'all think that it's Salim for some reason on the timeline. Like, I I don't know. I feel like he could just be annoying, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Baby, that's all Lauren needed to see was Tariq showing all 32 of his teeth or having that, that, old that, arm. that old school arm lean talking Girl. to Elvin. And she said, wow, I hate yes them. I didn't even, I did not feel that. But she said, wow, I hate them. Mm-hmm. And that's all it took Girl, for that baby to sing. Girl, that's all it took for that baby to sing like a canary. Now it's like connect four out that motherfucker. She dropped one in the center and said, this Monet. She dropped another one in the center and said, Tariq and Monet used to have interactions. I ain't think about it because she was he was Tudor and Zeke. Mm-hmm. Went from Tudor and Zeke, but I guess now it could have been more. Um, and then also, while I'm at it, while I'm at it, speaking of Monet, I saw Zeke's cousin on the roof that I told Tariq about and when I was supposed to be meeting him there and I saw her coming down there. Did you ever see Kane? No, I ain't seen Kane, but I seen Tariq and Diana. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, Diana now Diana is about to get motherfucking caught because it yep. did show in a preview that Effie did peep the camera that was up there on the shit. But Diana gonna go up there and I don't think Diana gonna be paying attention enough to see that. So now that Jenny knows that you be going up there, Diana gonna be the one that's gonna get in trouble or get caught up for the drug mm-hmm. shit. Like, it's just like power oh my god y'all make my brain hurt with everything that y'all have going on but it's so good so yeah it's just it's not going well we cut to the scene with diana and salim and salim is just so annoying he's so fucking nosy he's so invasive he's always trying to tell diana how to live her life and what he think is best for her you literally met this bitch literally probably like three weeks ago during orientation when well at the at the ship with her who was it that they did the memorial like you just met her like why are you trying to tell her about her life like oh i just he's so fucking irritating and like basically encouraging her to stay away from her family and then letting her know like i've seen you running errands with your brother you've been spending time with your dad it's like nigga that's my family what the fuck do you expect he is and people saying that he might be another ci yeah, that's why he I do said, seem well, real invested in her family every time they're together he's saying some shit about her family and i don't want to see him kiss no more so we cut to the scene where diana goes to meet whitman at this waterfront and basically she's telling whitman is telling her how zeke came to come see him and she feels like um he feels like monet killed carrie zeke figured it out and came and told him and then not monique monet killed him to shut him up so diana starts telling him about the money laundering and how she may have information about the books but she can't pin a murder on her and maybe you know that's a way to start to basically get her locked up and to start piling charges up. They compile this game plan because Whitman offers himself up to go into the house, but he needs to know when Monet and Lorenzo won't be there so he doesn't get caught. Diana does warn him about the um does warn him about the surveillance cameras outside of the home and for him to be cautious and says that she's gonna lose him a key. I feel like Whitman probably had a recorder on him and probably was recording Diana telling him all this information just in case something happened or he has some insurance. I know Whitman does a lot of dumb shit, but he don't strike me as the type to not cover, cover his, um, his ass. Yeah. In some cases. So I'm very concerned about how that's going to come up because you wouldn't tell her to jam the door, but if his fingerprints, I mean, I guess his fingerprints will be on the door because he did have to turn a knob in order to get there, but it's did just he have like, on gloves? I don't think he did. Hmm. That's dumb. I have to look at that. Yeah, so that that was crazy. 
Um, but I guess it was like, I don't need gloves because she was leaving a fucking key. So even if I touch the door, they're going to have to come in out this door anyway. So my fingerprints might be gone or might not be traceable on this door by the time they come back home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was like, okay, she set him up. But I definitely thought like, they kind of had me for a little bit. I was like, I feel like she's setting his ass up still. But when so it compounded with like, you know, obviously Salim telling her to like focus on herself and right. like, she's separate from her family. I'm like, damn, maybe he really did get inside her head and she's right. really trying to set Monet up. Like, I ain't gonna hold like, you. I didn't know which way it was gonna go. Because the yeah. way she was talking and like you said, the foreshadowing of their conversation, her conversation with Salim, I was like, maybe this bitch is playing Monet and she finna get her lick back. And you know, because when she mentioned the book in the closet and shit, the money line, I'm like, right. she might just be trying to get her ass up out of this. Right. So I actually was very shocked when that shit happened with her. I was like, right. Like, right. That, right. that was fire. Shout out to the power right. writers, because y'all did that. So Jenny and Blanca are in the office and Blanca is like so excited telling Jenny how like this gun, um, this gun sale is about to go on and how they mm-hmm. have a CI embedded into this white militia mm-hmm. and that he knows, um, he like basically got set up by Gordo Castillo and they put together the fact that Tejadas and the Castillos are connected to one another. And then this is also another foreshadowing moment where Jenny is about to fuck herself over because she really didn't have to say shit. Mm-hmm. She told Blanca that sex gave her the tip about um, a place that Tariq frequently visited on the roof. And so she's going to get surveillance cameras and saw it. It's like, really why would you say that? Her that right? yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, so why would you say that? Because now that Sax and Blanca know they're working with each other, what happens when they get a moment alone or they contact each other and be like, oh, that was a good tip about you telling her and then he group. And he like, what are you talking about? I never told her no shit like that. That's now you don't have like- to fucking explain to them. Like, it's not good to lie when you can't remember your lies. And it ain't good to lie when just you don't got to say shit. Girl. Like, I see some people are trying to hide something and they just lie when silence will do to just really try to just deflect from what, may, what they yeah, do behind like, the curtain. Like, you don't even know what the fuck you're doing behind the curtain. Just don't say nothing about it. Don't draw attention to it. Now you saying shit that don't even matter at this point. You don't even have to say that. You could have just been like, I got a tip about it could be anybody. A fucking kid at school. Like, you don't have to. <sighs> that was so dumb. That was so fucking dumb. It's gonna come back to bite her in the ass yeah, like a dummy. Sure. So then we go back to this RSJ meeting, and basically Tariq is telling the QCP to save his internship. He better than me. I would have been like, "Fuck y'all, girl, girl." And, like, if I need this internship to graduate early now, at this point, I mean, I'm making more money with Noma anyways than I was with uh, what you call it. So fuck it, I'm gonna just ride this shit out. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, if you make enough money, even if you need your trust fund, why not drop out? Because how much money is your daddy even leaving you? Yeah, but you know, you know he got this dream of following Effie. He can't get into Stanford if he's dropping out of school. So, I, you know, again, matters of the heart. Well, fuck Effie. He's to, but he's doing it too. Shit. He sells. He tells RSJ that he can have this building and he got the executive or whatever it is that's over his estate, that's over his trust to sign it over to Weston Holden so he can have more money when he graduates. Um, RSJ looking like Tell so you more. think <laughs> no, but it's looking like so you think because i'm finna scam your little ass nigga i feel like Tariq gonna end up killing that nigga if they don't end up working together i do you feel like rsj is shifty yeah he's very saint patricky so it might not end too well for the boy mm-hmm. um this gun deal child 
Girl. Brayden dumb ass goes and have these guns and they're trying to like question him and see if they can trip him up but Brayden is kind of holding his own but what pissed me off was that he kind of stuck around in plain sight yes. Yes. Like, get in the car like you do some of the dumbest shit to get you caught up and it was like and then also where I think is gonna fuck him up is he said he was like send this out so that we can get some info on our middleman. So now, not only have they taken a picture, they probably already sent that shit out before they went to that damn shootout. And you're oh, the absolutely. last person. You're the last person outside of that picture that they snapped the Lorenzo that they have evidence on. Like you are mm-hmm. a dummy. This is why you should be minding your white privileged business. Yeah, I would have exactly drove. Why. I would have drove off with them damn van doors open. <laughs> Period. Y'all knock that, knock that van. Y'all done. I'm pulling off. We, I close these doors around the corner. Some shit. Like. like I just, just dumb just standing I out in plain sight on his phone in that bright ass jacket that like Bitch. come on like he just I girl flamboyant with his shit and I he just all the damn colors to a gun drop like put some black on dumb nigga wow he oh he's so irritating me then you drive your real motherfucking car to the motel. Don't even check to make sure niggas not following you. All the niggas is parked clean around the motel. So now they see where you're going and dropping this shit off at. Like, he is just such a way that he stresses follow. me out. Yeah, check like, your ears. Because niggas turn twice behind me, I'm looking. Right. Same turn twice. That's one too many. Now I'm checking your ass and I'm putting it in the police department because now I'm finna change my fucking route. Like, I, right. I be doing that and I'm regular. So it's like, nigga, you're doing a gun drop with the KKK. And you're I just, guess he said because he white, it don't matter. Like, <laughs> Probably listening to some NBA young boy on his way to Like, please. <laughs> the baby or some shit. I care. <laughs> yeah. I care. Put the sug in the car. <laughs> stressing me out like nigga Brayden is so irritating oh. how dare y'all offend Tommy by referring to Brayden as Tommy he could never he could never anyways um Kane is just not smart by wanting him to sit in his hotel and count the money oh nigga God. y'all can get in that truck and count the money because at the end of the fucking day if Brayden is the one that did the drop off and you didn't have all your money anyways how the fuck was you gonna press them for you was just gonna be short Girl, like I had a bad feeling He's just not he smart. So close that door, and he was looking worried. I said, "They need to, they need to buy yeah. they need And he to buy looked out them blinds, and they showed him. I saw. I said, "Oh, it's gonna be a wrap for one of them." I, I thought we was gonna lose Kane on that episode. I got nervous. Oh, I thought we was actually gonna lose Lorenzo. I thought it was Lorenzo because once he pushed Kane, I thought Lorenzo was gonna get shot. Yeah, like that I'm shit nervous, was girl. That shit was crazy to me. He peek out them goddamn sheer ass blinds, nigga. You need to pull them shits back to be able to see. Like, them blinds is terrible. You are at a motel. You can see through them bitches. Girl, they took that picture of him. I said, damn. Motel. I hate when shows and movies have and, a shutter sound. We get it. They're taking pictures. Please, please turn listen, the fucking sounds off them. Listen. Girl, they got the shooting that fucking motel up when they Girl. shot that first. Like Lorenzo was ready, baby. You could yeah. tell that baby done been in some wars. Yeah, he done been in the trenches because the second that really? door got open, it was like, wow, that nigga yeah. didn't have a chance to. He they didn't get nigga, in good. I I feel like he shot the gun because he got shot. His finger was already on the trigger, and just him getting shot is what what made that shit shoot. Lorenzo. Whack they ass, okay? He sure did. One thing about it, 
he don't miss. He got my respect for that, for real. Because that nigga he don't miss. Rest he. He don't miss. And then Drew and Gordo come and they save the day and they Nissan, baby. They <laughs> rolled around in that thing and aired that bitch out. I love that moment. Kane almost lost his life by that car, which was crazy. We find out that Gordo actually got hit. Well, he didn't get hit. That nigga got grazed. grazed. Yeah. And so Drew uses this as a moment to doctor him up to be able to kiss on him. I'm just like, oh, like Drew, you are stressing me out with how bad you won't love. Like this is your cousin, and you y'all killed this nigga, daddy. Please, please. Right, I was. You know, y'all will away. never be able to be happy for Who real. Like, what the fuck, bruh, <sighs> niggas. So. Have some some decor. This heart to heart that Kane and Lorenzo have in the car was like it basically it was basically just like you know you pissed me off you hot headed but you still my son and like mm-hmm. I protect this family period regardless of how at odds we are like you're still my son mm-hmm. and when Kane told him like you know your secret is safe with me like I would have been dead if you didn't say anything and it's like I feel like we're starting to see a softer more sincere side of Kane and I think that he really does mean it. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like he really meant it. I don't know if Lorenzo is now like, okay, now it's your ass. Trust me, I'm going to get your ass back. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm a little nervous, but I definitely felt like Kane was sincere. Like, nigga, you take my life like on some real shit. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to chill out. <laughs> you right. got me. You know? Like, so, he said, he, he gave such a nigga apology. My bad on how I did Yeah. <laughs> I was tripping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> This is your daddy, not no bitch. Girl, I love niggas. I swear. That shit was so funny. So then we go to the scene, baby. We go to the scene. Oh. Whitman walks in the house. He gets the key. He done flash the light and the surveillance thinks nobody can catch him, baby. He goes in that house. And as soon as I saw that, you're not supposed to be here. You see Diana. Diana said, help. I said, no. No. Shot. That was almost equivalent to Brayden taking the heat off Tariq in that courtroom. Mm-hmm. I said, Diana. She said she gonna redeem herself from that kitchen table. Yeah. But Someone's the crazy part about it is Monet not even gonna believe him. He's like looking like fuck you got me. He heard them mm-hmm. footsteps coming and that Fendi coat and that bang came around the corner. You heard that bang? She said, I'm a cop. Carry. I said, what up? He said, I'm, I'm a cop. You like, you, girl, Monet don't give a fuck. Monet don't give a fuck. Dropped his ass. Yeah, bitch. I said, damn, I kind of wanted to see Whitman stick it out just a little while longer. But, you know, oh, well. But I thought that's going to, I can't wait to Jenny and Blanca find out that he was killed. Because they already having to clean up that murder scene. Anyways, from that shootout at the motel, but now Whitman is gone. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's about to get real. Like this, we yeah. we on that peak, girl. I told you about episode four or five. Like we we was finna start picking it up. So she that's the first her, big kill of the season, right? Yes, the first big one because that GTC yeah. wasn't that important, right? And so Monet axes diana to hit her so it can make it look like it was self-defense and it's just like monet like she was kind of like what that say less threw me off it was like i needed another expression because it yeah. didn't feel sincere 
But she popped Monet in the chin and yeah, that's how it was all right. Then she held her go Jimmy the lock and it's like, with her bare hands. <laughs> like, okay. Mean? Like, I'm just confused. But I feel like that's going to come back to bite Diana. Yeah, ass. real slappy. Because, like, I just don't think that Whitman would have done all of that without covering his ass. Because he clearly only had somebody on the inside that was dirty enough to be sending him files so you don't think that he told that same person yeah i met with diana diana doesn't trust monet so she's gonna leave a key for me to get in the house yeah you don't think that's gonna come back to bite you in the ass it's definitely gonna this is not the end of that situation for sure yep but what i also didn't appreciate was like her lying to diana which i mean i guess i understand because she do be fucking up but it's like you lied to diana and now you made her an accessory to murder when you thought y'all were just gonna get him arrested mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but it's like, I guess it I, it does make sense as to why they would want him to go to jail because now he's really going to seem like a canary and then have the other, like, police. That's what I'm saying. It's like, Diana, really? That's what you thought? Like, the last thing Monet is going to allow to happen is for him to go to jail because then, like you said, he's going to just talk. That's literally what I said to Jordan. I was like, I don't know why well, she assumed that because right. he, he going to keep his mouth shut now that he arrested? Hell no. He really going to get the snitch. He going to fight for his job, right? But I feel like what's going to really fuck Monet up is when Tariq tells her that Tate told her that they're doing an investigation on Dante's murder. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, fuck. Yeah. Because Whitman brought that up. So it's like, yeah, he ain't the only officer that's on your ass. They just ain't approaching you yet, bitch. Right. So that's going to be crazy. But baby, they stressing Davis out and making him work for that money. Bitch. I, I literally said something. I said, I know they stressing Davis out. What had me when he was like, he's bitch. Strong. because she is though Monet was a bad bitch for that that was that was a big kill to kill a fucking cop and she was like our story's gonna line up like why Whitman I feel like that was foreshadowing too I feel like that was some foreshadowing too because Diana might still use that moment to get her back yeah and be like I was like it's my will I didn't have a choice or not even that or be like yeah like I I talked to him and I was going to leave him a key because I'm tired of whatever with my mom. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Diana could still be up to something. Because honestly, I feel like if she don't die, I would love to see Diana's villain origin story yeah. because the whole family has done her wrong. And I feel like mm-hmm. power could really do something with that to turn it around and like make Diana like a villain because mm-hmm. bullies come from being bullied. Um, Tariq and Effie. Girl, Tariq told uh, Effie that he want to go to Cali with her. And he presses her and asks her again, like, you know, if, like, what she need to tell him after telling him, telling her how much, like, you know, he's pretty much just planning to spend his life with her. Like, he wants to, he wants something more with her. Girl, Effie was just like, at this point, I can't tell him because I ain't never had nobody on my side. And when she takes Kane and Kane, when Kane was like, yeah, I know leave all my girls some weed. Mm-hmm. And then he... And when the, <laughs> girl, I said this nigga ain't shit. He's very familiar. Hmm. Like I just like can you are a nigga. Mm-hmm. So, girl. I really hope Effie don't think that Kane really don't have to something for real. No, girl. He don't mean that shit. He I don't know why tell she even was sending him those messages. Like and you're encrypting tech. Like, I can't stand somebody to do some fuck. Like, one thing about it, texting some screenshotable shit that can be used against you is the dumbest shit ever. And mm-hmm. I know 
because Kane's whole goal is to hurt Tariq, he can't stand that Monet loved Tariq down. Mm-hmm. Effie, you're going to be a casualty. Kane is going to tell. Child. You are not smart. She falls in so, love with that boy. I told you, emotions are getting invested at this point. She's not thinking yep. like Effie normally thinks. Yep. And so this motel crime scene girl, Angela's nephew is there. And at first I was like, is that him? Because I saw it on Twitter. I didn't really peep. And then when I watched it again, I was like, you know what? I don't need to watch it on my, I don't need to watch it like when it's on TV because it's going to cut out the preview. I need to be able to see the credits. I went to them credits. That's her nephew. You gonna catch That's her name. nephew. Who is it? Is Angela oh, Valdez, oh. the nephew that wanted to kill Ghost because Angela Ghost? Happened. Angela? Yeah. Her nephew, that's Pa's son. Yeah. There's too many he, connections. He already got something against the family. Of course he gonna help. So of which course. one, which one is Angela's nephew? Was it Gordon? The DA that no, the DA that um Blanca was talking to at the crime scene when they were cleaning up and like investigating the murder, she acts yeah. like how was he knows like oh he was shot but he's in surgery or something like that he's in recovery and she's like well as soon as he's conscious i need to um yeah. i need to question him that's angela's nephew that she was talking to when she was having that conversation well, I thought that was a ci you said what I the, thought that CI, was the, CI. the ci is the one that got shot but when in she the back after, i thought he was in yeah. recovery yes but when she was asking about what was going she asked somebody who like about the recovery process the DEA that she was talking to about that to even know that he was in recovery was Valdez was Angela Valdez okay nephew. that was her nephew yeah not the CI the okay. nigga that she was talking to and she was like what's the update on him the one who was hmm. updating her on the CI is Angela's nephew and when they put that screenshot on I was like that kind of looked like him but I don't know so when I went back and watched I was like you know what you know I'm gonna figure this out he had a speaking role so he definitely gonna have a credit on the end Okay. Baby, when I saw that name and I looked up his name on down to the Google and it said that he was Angel Junior Young, I said, yes, that is definitely um, Angela's nephew. And I can't wait to see how that's going to pan out. So Monet gets those papers and baby, she see them fingerprints and Drew interrupts her. So she kind of like get a glance at it and see Lorenzo's name. She can't really get into the full Gigiana because she had to talk to her son. Baby Drew left and she looked back and, and read that paper and saw that the fingerprints belonged to Lorenzo that was at the crime scene. She whipped out that phone and called David so fast. Nigga, did you see these papers? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I did. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't do nothing. That shit and had course, me like, here we go. Here we and go. And of course, Lorenzo pops in and is like, you know, telling her how he loves her. You know, and like, I'm like, yeah. I said, baby. You don't even know. You don't even know what's waiting on you. But she's about, about to be a, This is about to be a downward spiral. It's about to be a downward spiral. So Ooh, in the preview, it shows that Tariq is coming Simone with Zeke info. These niggas going to Italy, and I feel like it has something to do with that deal that Weston and Holdens is doing in Italy that he's yeah. talking to RSJ about. Brayden ass gonna get kidnapped, which I'm not surprised because he's Brayden stresses me out. You low key overdue for a damn kidnapping, if you ask me. Girl, uh, ass type of ransom. And Lorenzo is in that blue shirt in that scene where Monet kick his ass out the house. And I'm wondering if she gonna tell him that she know about Zeke because I feel like she would just kill him. But you know what I think is gonna happen? 
What? I think Lorenzo gonna think that Kane ratted him out because I don't feel like Monet is gonna tell him about them papers because it's like he's Kane is the only one that knows that for knows sure you. that he did that so it's like we just had his heart to heart in the truck and you still went and told Monet and Kane gonna be like what the fuck you talking right. about Monet ain't gonna tell him and it's gonna be like why you been so chummy with your dad like all of that shit gonna come out that Kane knew about it and then tell Monet, mm-hmm. you know, Monet don't want people hot shit her. So now, mm-hmm. Monet might, when I told you how Mary J was on the season and was saying how she had to kill somebody, it might have been Whitman she was talking about, but it might be Kane because it's like, you knew that he killed my son and I'm your mother and you didn't fucking tell me. He gonna be on Monet shit. Gonna, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm on the train of Kane not dying. And, and Lorenzo, he gonna be on Lorenzo shit list because it's gonna be like, you betrayed me. You just said that I was good and you still told her. And it's like, no, I didn't tell her because Monet not gonna tell them niggas about them papers. Kane ain't He's dying, not. damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, friend, but it's not looking good for him. No, I, I, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm it's holding not looking on. good for him. It's not looking good for him. I'm holding on, friend. If they could kill Angela Valdez, they can definitely c- kill a supporting actor like Kane. So I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that was it for hot topics tonight, you guys. Now we're on to what's tea. Um, we have two what's tea questions. Very quick questions. They're real good um, questions. They can be. So for the first what's tea question is: Have you ever had to put a casual fling in their place? What were they doing, and how did you check them? Girl, hell yes. Like, um, I was just, you know, dating this, like, just casually dating. He might have got a little, you know, coochie lip. And one day he was, like, out, and he showed up at my house unannounced. I don't even like to get call- unplanned phone calls, let alone coming you to don't. my fucking house. And that was giving stalker. I don't feel safe. And he was a little drunk, too. So I was like, you got to go. I'm calling the cops. Like, I don't, I don't like this. And so after that, like, it was definitely an immediate block, immediate, don't call me, don't text me no more. Like, I, I had to be done with that. I don't play with stuff like that. Because a nigga show you he'll do that one time, he'll do it again. Against your, again, against your consent. So, without consent. And that type of stuff just gave me heebie-jeebies. It made me nervous. Um, Scaring I don't about behavior. my safety. I will stab you. Um, like I don't play by stuff like that and so I just didn't feel safe and I was just like we not even date like very much Jenny Sachs like and we ain't even spending much time together as Jenny and Sachs so it was just like you at my doorstep like I, I and it was late at night like I did not like that so that was that would probably be my moment where like I had to set a nigga straight very much scaring the hoes behavior like no he was scary scary child i hadn't had so many instances where i didn't had to check a nigga i just don't even know which story to tell i already told y'all about the one with the child safety locks oh well that wasn't a fling that was somebody i was actually dating uh-huh. um i feel like the most recent one is probably a little too current just because he's already been proven to be a social media stalker and watcher so mm-hmm. i don't even think that i even want to bring that nigga up mm-hmm. um okay I feel like I've one I'm not really a fling kind of girl I'm more mm-hmm. like a relationship girl because I, I really will stay to myself mm-hmm. um but 
in the flings that I've had and by fling for me sometimes it's literally like oh we were just talking like it don't even get to a point where like I even want to have sex with a nigga because they be done irritate the shit out of me so I would say probably the last one that um that really like frustrated me was like I was like honest with this guy just about like you know obviously we're getting to know each other and he had had like a really close friendship where like one of his best friends lived across the street from him and I was just you know he basically he got drunk at the club Mm -hmm. and he drove himself home drunk and got into a car accident um like he he hit somebody um but it was like he so happened to make it home but he had went to the club with his friend his friend basically left him there belligerently drunk to go run behind a bitch and I was like I just don't feel like that's a friend like mm-hmm. he should at least make sure you made it home safe even though you are grown as men like you know it's okay to like still care about your friend's safety and he shouldn't have put you in that type of predicament mm-hmm. and basically what ended up happening was what ended up happening was he was like, well, I don't feel like, you know, that's the case. Even though he was venting to me about that, it was like, okay, whatever. So I had a situation where a friend of mine, oh, no, no, no. This is like probably when TikTok at first first started popping. And I sent him a TikTok video of like this girl supposed to go on a trip with her friends to Africa. And because of COVID, she wasn't able to go. So they basically decorated one of their friend's apartments like different um like africa and they had different foods from different like Mm -hmm. countries in africa um that they would have visited in order for her to kind of still get like an authentic african experience Mm -hmm. which was i thought was super dope and i was like damn like i wish that i had a group of girlfriends or like you know friends that basically what i was saying like you know that all got along um for somebody to do something like that for me because I would love to have a moment where like I have a surprise party but Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that I'm close to aren't necessarily close to each other Mm -hmm. enough for I feel like for something like that to happen for me and it's like damn like I feel like me not staying in college I kind of missed out on that opportunity to have a core group of good girlfriends that all know each other because I feel like that's where a lot of like some of of women's like adulthood friendships form is like them being college friends and like Mm -hmm. you know so um I said that like just having a a vulnerable moment and he basically threw it back in my face like well maybe if you wouldn't cut people off like that you would have friends so I kind of had to check his ass like nigga Jesus like why like what like Nigga, I don't cut off people for no reason. And like, you can't right. wait to have a, a opportunity to throw that shit back in my face because I told you that somebody who, like, even before me and him stopped talking, they stopped being friends because of some fuck shit that the boy did. And it was just like having to check him. And like, he will always try to like tell me how to do me, um, making comments about like, I need to cook for him. Like, just, and it's like, baby, this ain't even given that yet. So, like, having to check him, and it's like, yeah, like, you try to throw something that I'm, like, vulnerable about in my face, and then, like, you trying to, like, make me do girlfriend shit when you feel like, oh, you need to date or talk to somebody for two to three years before you make them your girlfriend. Like, you're already Mm -hmm. not my type of nigga, and I'm already not attracted to you. It's really just, like, I'm bored, Mm -hmm. and that's why I try not to, like, date or be out on the prowl when i'm bored because shit like that happens so yeah, mm-hmm. i had to check his ass because like nigga what that's crazy I don't, 
Yeah, I I have some way worse stories, but one one is a little too fresh right now mm-hmm. for me to talk about. So maybe mm-hmm. in a later episode we bring up something else about not even relationship shit, but like just dealing with men. Mm-hmm. I'll probably talk about it. But the okay. second was T question is how has your family dynamic set you up or made it harder for you to get to where you're at at this point in your life? What do you what do you plan to do to set your children up for a better future? I Don't mean. When we was watching the show, I told Jordan my ass would have been up on that wall. My cheeks would have been touching the wall. Like that's type of, yeah, that's the type of like start that I have. Like I'm dead ass serious. I came from a single parent home. Damn sure wasn't no trust fund, baby. Went to public schools, been sexually harassed multiple times on the job and outside of the job. Like it's been a bitch got a rough start, you know, but yeah. I'm still here. And I just I can't think about like woe is me because it's like in so many ways I am still blessed and I know my parents Mm -hmm. did the best they could with what they had you know with their trauma with their financial situations I watched my mom bust her ass so it's like it wasn't like she was at home you know getting drunk inviting niggas over every day my mom did not date like I've never seen her with a man that she wasn't married to you know and when she wasn't married she was just working and in school and in, in grad school and then like internship. So it's just like I've I've seen her try to make the most out of what she was given and to see her in a much better position. Like it's like, okay, if, if my mom can start at where she started, and I don't even have like half the trauma that she has, I can make it out and set myself up and set my children up based on like where I'm starting. So it's like I didn't get the best head start, you know, and I try not to harp on it, but like now I try to take what my mom instilled in me, some of the things my dad instilled in me, like what I've learned in life, who I've surrounded myself with. I don't like to surround myself with people who just bring me back down because a bitch are, like I said, I started with my ass cheeks on the wall as it is. So it's like, I need people who are going to take me higher and who are like-minded, who want to grow in life, who are positive, who are more than just their trauma. Like, and I think that has also catapulted me into where I am in, in, at this point in life because I do feel like I have very like-minded people in my circle. And so you are who you associate yourself with. Of course, you have to do a lot of internal work. You have to make sure that you're putting yourself out there and networking. But it also, community is a lot that, like you are your community, I feel like. You are who you surround yourself with. And so I've been very cognizant of like, not only doing internal work and being in therapy and like learning about financial literacy and, you know, going after opportunities and not just staying in Columbia or staying in Augusta. Like I moved to Atlanta knowing nobody, but like I knew that was a land of opportunity where I could at least get a jump start and get better positions and network better and make more money. And so like all that combined, I feel like is how I got to the point that I am now. And from this point, I just want to keep building off of that. Like, building my wealth, like finding a way to exit out of corporate America to a point where I have businesses that fund my life and allow me to save money and build wealth and all those great things that when I do have children, I get to that point where I'm ready. Like they coming out the womb with a college fund with, you know, we're already building savings accounts for them and things like that, because I didn't have none of that shit. Like my first car, I bought myself. Like it wasn't no gift. I ain't no sweet 16, you know? So it's like, all I know is work. All I know is like, you better work for it. You know, like that's all I know. And I don't want my kids to only know struggle and only feel like everything in life they have to have has to be through struggle and trauma. Like I do want to be able to gift my children a car, you know, pay for their schooling. 
I don't want them to have to go through financial aid, you know, because I still got that shit on my credit now. So it's just like those are privileges that I think a lot of children, which I'm happy power pointed out that a lot of children don't mm -hmm. think about, like not every kid gets those things, you know, not every kid gets to drive themselves to school every day and like drive themselves home. And like, like not every kid gets that experience. And so I want my kids to be able to have those precious youthful struggle free moments that I yeah. didn't really get to have and kind of have that leg up when they do step out into life, into adulthood. So I would say my family dynamic, as far as like my start, um, it's kind of a little different. I did grow up in a single parent home. My parents were married. They did divorce when I was three. Um, but my dad was in my life. So I mm -hmm. did still have him providing. I would say a struggle might have been my work ethic mm -hmm. because not even just so much financially I feel like because I come from a family of people who just feel like you got to work 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 until mm -hmm. you have nothing left I hate to admit it but that's who I am as mm -hmm. a person and so it's kind of fucked up my social skills and like me being able to live life because I feel guilty sometimes for just taking a nap or not doing something that is work related. Um, I also feel like because my ambitions change from wanting to be a lawyer or wanting to work in fashion merchandise and design and be a fashion buyer because that's what I went to Clark for. That's what that's what I was going to Clark for before I decided not to finish school because of makeup. I ended up, um, I don't need to vlog this meeting, but I ended up wanting to go obviously the entrepreneur route. And I feel like because I come from a family of workers, like it was like, we ain't supporting that bullshit. You want to put mm -hmm. makeup on somebody for a living. So then that's when the financial struggle came in because although mm -hmm. I don't come from a broke family right. because all they know is work it's like you don't want to go to school mm -hmm. you ain't getting our money now you better work for everything that you fucking want so mm -hmm. I feel like at a at a later age I experienced my back being against the wall from growing up as a kid that was spoiled that got in and everything that she wanted it was like the second that I didn't do what my family wanted me to do mm -hmm. now it's like well, you better get you a job. Well, you got this bill. Well, that's on you. Well, your phone get cut off. It's yeah. like I had to really learn how to like really apply work ethic. Even though I've always kind of been a hustler, I still always had the luxury of being able to be like, well, shit, I'm, okay. a yeah. I'm a chill. I ain't got to do this. Mm -hmm. So life got real for me as an adult. And I would say that the way that my family dynamic set me up for the future obviously from a financial standpoint but I think that it set me up by going through things at an early age developing daddy issues as a grown adult woman and mm -hmm. you know having not having the support of my family for real I mean my grandparents they still they they gonna do what they gonna do but yeah. I feel like it set me up to realize that therapy was important and to get my shit together financially because I'm like you I don't if my kid ain't gotta work I don't want them to have to work Mm -hmm. there's other ways to focus teach on school have, right it's other ways to teach kids to have 
um, work ethic and to apply themselves outside of forcing them to kind of like be grown ass adults, but then still then still tell them to stay in a child's place while they're out here having to do adult shit because you yourself are struggling or you yourself are withholding resources from them because they're not doing what you want them to do. So in turn, I just want to be a mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually healthy parent. So that way my kid does not have to endure a lot of things that I feel like that hurt my feelings, but also set me back. Like I would never watch my kids struggle or like try to gaslight my kid into being who I want them to be and dangle in financial security or financial assistance over their head. Like I want to just be good and have my kids set up. Like you said, before I even pop one out that it's like, if you decide you don't want to do shit with your life, it's going to be enough money in your trust fund that when you get of age, you could take that shit. And if you blow through it, that's going to be your business. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity for you to want more and to create more for yourself and my grandkids and my great grandkids and my great, great, great grandkids will be there because of the shit that I've done. Yeah. So, yeah. So on to what was said, Saweetie, is where we share our favorite power tweets of the week. I think I maybe have, I have quite a few, but it's probably only two that I really want to share. So I'll let you go first if you already have I only one. have two, too. Um, let's see. My first one, I sent this one to you, is by uh at the at at the area Liana LMFAO. Why are people like this? And it's a picture from Facebook that says, Wait till Cooper Sacks see this. And it's oh, an old yeah, I of Method Man and Mary. <laughs> I'm sorry, every time I see that shit, I laugh. Um, my second one is by at Tutu Bloody. You tell that bitch Carrie I said what up and it's just this video. A <laughs> jaw, please. Yeah. That shit was funny. I'm sorry. I loved that scene. Monet so, that. I'm screaming. So my first tweet of the week is actually one that I mean I'm gonna still put it up there, but it's a visual one. And it's from Lex Revised, and it says Lauren saw them pictures. Uh, and saying like what well, says Sam, but I'm I know she meant saying saying like a, a motherfucking canary, and it's this video of Whitney Houston at the awards. Baby, she said no, ma'am. So my other tweet of the week is from Control MJ underscore Control MJ. And it says Lorenzo was the main one pushing Diana to go to school. And now he's holding it over her head because she doesn't want to push drugs on that hot ass campus. And then it's this picture of Kiki Palmer looking disgusted. And it's like, <laughs> nigga, the campus is literally hot right now. You're setting your daughter up all because you're paying for it. Like, please. And then my last two of the week is from the Black Beauty. And it says Davis hands Monet a police foul. Everyone on the show has a good night. Monet's brain after looking at the contents of the folder finding out Lorenzo's DNA at the crime finding out finding out about Lorenzo's DNA at the crime scene and then being face to face with Lorenzo. Y'all was on y'all Whitney Houston shit. Ah. <laughs> oh that's my song. Baby, I said she is going to light that nigga up when it comes out. 
So that was it for my tweets of the week. And we have some shot prompts for next week for y'all. So we want you guys to take a shot anytime Braden gets into some shit, Kay manipulates to get what he wants, or Monet makes an irrational decision. That should be enough to have y'all fucked up the entire episode. So yeah, that is it for this week's episode. You have any closing notes? I do not. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.